Welcome to the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Word indeed. Well, once again, good morning. It's good to be uh, together this morning. And as we've anticipated this uh, move into this different space, as staff and ministry teams have talked, we've said, hey, we're fixing the ceiling. We have to move to the gathering place. And then as we started to think about that, we said, hey, wait a minute, we get to move to the gathering place. And we started to get excited about things we might do a little bit differently here as we gather in this space over these Sundays in August. And so stay tuned for opportunities that we hope will be uh, a bit more casual and more interactive, and there'll be some changes, uh, some things that will keep us on our toes, Um, maybe even some unexpected ones. We'll see. We'll see what God is up to. But thank you again for your flexibility as we make this move. During the month of July, we dug into the book of Genesis to see how God's promises and plans and provision extended and unfolded over the course of generations to the people whom God loves. And many of you share with me your appreciation for those, those stories from Genesis that maybe we haven't heard in a while. You appreciated hearing repeated these, uh, the details of the stories of Abraham and Sarah, of Isaac and Rachel, or excuse me, and Rebecca, and of Jacob and Esau. We revisited these details of these matriarchs and patriarchs that perhaps we haven't looked at in some time. And these accounts from what was basically the middle third of Genesis are amazing stories. We saw there's so much intrigue, so many plot twists, so many things that happen, so many intriguing details that reveal human nature. And they're captivating stories. And they're very old. So these stories, on the one hand, catch our attention because there's so much that engrosses us, but they also feel pretty ancient. And we recognize that these stories come within the context and setting of not just the Bible, but really, really back in the day in the Bible. And so the context can feel very removed from our own. And yes, we hear and read these stories and we're reminded of God's faithfulness. We see his provision, but we might wonder if these ancient stories actually relate to our own lives. Does God really work the same way that God did in Genesis? Or even in any part of the Bible, if we open our Bible and see what God is up to among the humans God created and loves, does God still work that way? It's a fair question to ask. Here at Bethany, we sing from time to time a song called Same God, a song that actually reminds us that yes, we do worship and follow the God of Abraham and Sarah and Jacob and David and Mary. These stories that we read in the Old and New Testaments tell us of a God who is faithful and a God who always includes himself in the stories of the people whom he created and loves. And these stories of God and the people he created we see run from the first pages of Genesis to the very end of Revelation. And the stories don't end there. The stories of what God is up to don't end at Revelation 22, 21, the last verse in our Bibles, which reads, may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. 
It's the last verse of the Bible. May the grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's holy people. And if you hear that, you see that that's kind of an ongoing blessing and desire and benediction. And that grace hasn't come to an end. Praise be to God. The story of God and God's activity among humankind hasn't ended. This story continues. And sometimes I think we just need to pay attention and recognize that the story of God and God's work among the people whom God loves is continuing to unfold right around us now. We just have to pay a bit more attention, perhaps, than when we open our Bibles and read those stories. We stop and pay attention to see what God is up to right around us. And as we, share, as we see what God is up to, it's important that we share those stories with each other as a way to encourage each other. We become eyewitnesses of what God is up to in our lives and around us. As we share firsthand that we seek and serve the same God that we find in the Bible. And this morning, we have the opportunity to hear the story of God as it has unfolded recently uh, in the life of one of our most more recent friends and members here at Bethany. Tanya Garkun and her family emigrated recently from Ukraine, and her story of God's work in her life is powerful. So, Tanya, would you come and share with us? So I got to talk with Tanya a bit earlier this week, and I heard that God has been up to amazing things in your life, and specifically uh, coming from Ukraine, as we can imagine, coming with just bare essentials, you had very significant needs and specific needs in the areas of transportation, housing, and jobs, things that you would need to get established here. And you saw God work in each of those areas. So tell us a little bit about the car first. God is a miracle maker in our lives, and he's faithful. So one day, uh, my aunt, um, she received a call from one precious family from Bethany Covenant Church. And um, they said that they agreed to sell their truck to us for one dollar. <laughs> and we, we were amazed how great is our God and how... Um, generous are people here. So we are always forever grateful for this. And that was a real miracle because we didn't have car. So thank you for these people and to God. Amen. And then how about a uh, place to live? Uh, yeah, it was quite a story. Uh, we were looking for an apartment to rent and um, one lady suggested my cousin to post a um, to post an uh, announcement on the Facebook page, uh, on the community page. And uh, she posted our picture uh, and saying that we are the family from Ukraine and we need a place to live. So maybe somebody can uh, suggest or can uh, give us like directions where to address. And one day, one lady, um, she put the command uh, that she owns a ho house in Glastonbury with her sister. And she said that I am going to ask my sister if she's willing to help uh, and we can uh, give this house to rent. And uh, in, in a week, uh, she called us back and she said that we agreed uh, to uh, rent our house for very low price. And, but the, the miracle was when she called and when she, said, uh, when she t told the story that last uh, fall uh, she was helping Ukrainians and one night she saw a dream. 
she saw a dream uh, that in her house there was a Ukrainian family living. And um, she, when she woke up in the morning, she said, I couldn't realize where I'm going to find this family. And uh, in January, when my cousin posted a picture of us uh, on the Facebook page, she saw, when I saw this picture, I realized that was that family from the dream. So it, it gave me <laughs> goosebumps all the time when I'm mm -hmm. talking about. And uh, when we came to this house, that was fully furnished house. It was uh, recently renovated, very beautiful house at the lake. And it was a miracle. She never ran, like, um, rented this house for people, but this time she agreed to rent this. And that is a great miracle. Praise God. Praise and, God, and amen. Then, and then how about employment? Yeah, and I'll, you know, I have a notebook where I put all the miracles and I'm still counting. Uh, and um, one day, um, yeah, we were looking for jobs and uh, we were looking for a Ukrainian community too. Uh, and I found on, uh, I searched the internet and I found the community, Ukrainian community in um, Springfield in Massachusetts. And we decided to go there for church service. And when we came, we knew nobody there. And after the service, we were rushing to our truck. And suddenly one family like was heading to us, and one couple. And we couldn't recognize them first. And then when they came up, they say, Tanya, Andri, hello, it's so nice to see you. And say, sorry, we, we can't recognize you. We don't remember you. And say, remember 15 years ago, you and your music band, you sang and played at our wedding. <laughs> and when we started talking, uh, this guy, Victor, he said that he is a tile setter, the same as my husband's profession, and uh, and say, do you need something? And say, maybe you can find a job for my husband. And uh, in a week, God is very fast. <laughs> so, sometimes, a, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. And in a week, he uh, called and he said, uh, my boss, he needs a worker urgently because they had very uh, like urgent project to uh, fulfill. So he said, would you be able to start right over? And now my husband has a job in very good company and praise be to God. And it's it's very, very big miracle. Mm -hmm. And now we can afford, we can afford the rent to rent the, the, our house and we are still counting. Now I have a job too, and um, I have a car to to drive to my work. So I have so many stories, and but uh, I know that God is always faithful, and He is the best provider. Amen. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Yeah. Wow, that is. Uh, thank you so much for sharing those stories. It's encouraging to hear uh, that God is still up to the kinds of things God does in the pages of Scripture that we open up. And sometimes we hear those stories, and first it encourages us, uh, it humbles us to think that we serve such a faithful God, and it can humble us too about our own stories, which maybe don't feel as dramatic as something like that. But I think if we stop and ponder and evaluate our own lives, we do see that thread of God's faithfulness. Many of us have stories to share 
Um, maybe not quite as dramatic, um, but a time we can look back and point to the work of God in our lives. And so this morning, as we gather around tables, we're going to have an opportunity to do that, to share stories with one another about what God is up to in the world. And first of all, I want to make it clear that uh, there is no pressure. So uh, no one is pressured to share. You're, uh, feel free to, to listen to others who are sharing. But if you have a story you'd like to share about what God has done in your life, maybe it's recent, maybe it's a time in the more distant past, um, but I invite you to share those as a way to encourage one another and honestly, as an act of worship to God as well. And so there's a yellow card on the table with a couple of prompts for, uh, for your sharing time that'll be up on the screen as well. But do you have a time when you'd say God showed up in your life? What happened? What was that story about? Or if you look at your life, do you get a sense maybe that God is actually, has, has woven you into a bigger story? You've seen that God has used your life as part of something else maybe as a fulfillment of someone else's prayer. And so we're gonna take a few minutes now to share around the table. Uh, you don't have to go in a circle, just share as you would like. Please uh, keep them relatively brief so everyone who wants to share is the opportunity. But we're gonna take a few minutes now and do this round table. So um, God bless your time. Thank you so much for sharing. Great to hear the, uh, the buzz of conversations around the tables. And this is definitely not our last chance to share. And if you felt uh, like you didn't have a chance to share or think of something later in the service, we're going to be having fellowship time right here. We're not going anywhere. Um, so please continue to share uh, around the tables as we enjoy a time of fellowship following the service. It's actually an act of worship when we engage in this kind of story sharing. Psalm 71.15 says, My mouth will tell of all your righteous deeds, of your saving acts all day long, though I do not know how to relate them all. And as we read the stories of God and of God's people in the Bible, we learn more and more about how God relates to the people God created. And we see that start to show up and turn up in our own lives as well. In some ways, we can read the stories of Scripture and, and find ourselves in those stories. We can think something like that happened to me, or I saw that in the life of someone whose story I know. We find characters we relate to, situations that remind us of our own lives. Even though the culture and context of the Bible can feel very foreign, very different, we recognize that really there is nothing brand new under the sun, that human nature is human nature, and that God is still God. When we look at the, the Gospels, the books of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, we see stories of Jesus and his disciples. And maybe it's in those moments, in those stories, when we can, that we can particularly identify. We read about this relatively ragtag assembly of 12 people chosen to follow Jesus. And maybe in them, and in their stories, we recognize a bit of ourselves as we encounter their doubts, their foibles, their shortcomings, and as we get glimpses of their faith and faithfulness as well. Those of us who have chosen to follow Jesus ourselves, to seek to follow him with our lives, find ourselves in the company of these 12 in the pages of the gospel. And so as Jesus teaches them, he teaches us. As Jesus leads them through experiences on the road of, roads of Palestine, we find ourselves walking along with them and learning as well. 
And this morning we heard read the story of the time that Jesus made plans to celebrate the Passover meal with these friends. Let's continue to look at that account from Luke 22. We heard earlier that the preparations had been made. And when the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And so on that night, which we know is the very night that Jesus was betrayed into the hands of those who were seeking to take his life, Jesus took this old story of the Passover and breathed new meaning and additional meaning into it. Passover was already a centuries-old tradition, and the bread and the wine of the Passover meal that night took on additional meaning to become the body and blood of Jesus, which were about to be nailed to a cross just a short time later. The Passover meal had always commemorated God's love and mercy, reminding God's people of how they had been rescued from slavery in Egypt. And so Jesus told his friends that night, keep celebrating this meal, keep remembering. But now I want you to remember that you are also rescued from slavery to sin. As I give up my own body and my own blood, that you might find forgiveness and eternal life. And so this is a story in which we find ourselves invited and included this morning. We're invited to the table at which Jesus still presides. Jesus still offers this body and this blood, still invites us to this meal, not because we deserve it any more than those 12 disciples did, but because of God's grace and love and mercy. Thanks be to God for this and for all of his remarkable gifts. Would you join me in prayer? Loving and merciful God, thank you for including us in your story, the timeless story of your love and redemption. Thank you for welcoming us again to the table where we encounter Jesus and find ourselves united in him and to one another. God, thank you for naming us as your children and for loving us so, so deeply. Amen.